Good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul. It is Friday morning. Going to be a beautiful weekend, September 24th. Here we are. Just got back from uh, the lead team, lead pastor retreat that we were on, but here in the home office and excited to bring these devotionals to a close for this particular week. So if you're not familiar with what we do here, we take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday morning at 8 a.m. to talk through different issues that we come across in our study through the book of Romans. Of course, we're preaching through Romans on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks, but we're using these devotional times during the week to make extra commentary on the passages or to look at topics or issues or verses that maybe we didn't get to spend a ton of time on in the sermon, but sort of unpack them um, in more in-depth here. And so last Sunday, we of course preached um, uh, on the issue of sexuality, disordered sexuality, homosexuality, and we've been spending this week um, updating or going through um, Sam Alberry's little book, Is God Anti-Gay? As we've looked at the, Christ, the homosexual uh, lifestyle in Christianity, we looked at the Bible and the design of marriage, and we've kind of covered all sorts of, of different issues and topics. And we're gonna bring that discussion to a close today. Um, and we're going to do that by starting with a question that one of you submitted. So we are encouraging you to submit questions, paul.gilbert at fourhawkschurch.com, that you might want to have us address here from Romans. And the question from this person is simply this. What does all this mean for the single person in terms of completeness? Okay, Because one of the things that we have talked about is that the reason it needs to be a man and a woman in a marriage versus two men or two women only is that that does not provide a complete picture of the image of God and the gospel. And so what this person is asking is, does that mean a single person, whether that's male or female, is only complete, quote unquote, if married? And um, the obvious answer to that, I think, is no, of course not. Absolutely not. Um, we think of Paul was single. Jesus was single. Men, you know, prophets in the Old Testament were single. Um, there's a difference in saying that a man and a woman together in marriage form a complete picture um, of God and the gospel. And that's different than saying if someone is not married, they don't have the opportunity to be made complete. They most certainly do. Their identity is now firmly in Christ. And we have to remember Jesus said they will never, neither be given in marriage or be married in heaven, which means in a sense, we're all single in heaven, or, or to say it more correctly, we are all brothers and sisters, part of the same family with Christ as our husband, and we are the bride. And so um, we have to note that um, the married life is not a calling that everyone has, although it seems to be um, the, you know, the... Uh, the more common option, we know that this um, that the Bible explicitly mentions that some are called to be single, be set aside for the work of the kingdom and of God. Paul himself was single, and he advocated for this in First um, Corinthians chapter chapter seven. So is God and is so so then um, does if I'm single, does that may mean I'm not complete till I'm married? No. Um, um, you are simply tasting that relationship with Jesus Christ um, as a single in a way that all of us will taste that relationship and experience that relationship in heaven, but we'll all be together. Now, another question that arises is one that Sam 
um, Alberry addresses is what about gay weddings? Do we attend gay weddings as a Christian? And um, this is, I think, kind of a, 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 a contextual question, contextual issue. Uh, it depends on what's at stake and who it is and why it's happening. Now, it, it, it bears to remind ourselves that, that, that biblically speaking, we don't think there is anything um, such as same-sex marriage. That, in fact, um, two people who are together, even if they take some vows to each other, that that is not a biblical definition of marriage. And so, in, in, in biblical terms, we would not look at them as married. They might be partners, they might share life together, or, or what have you, but they're certainly not married in the biblical sense of the term. So, um, all these things we have to take into account according to our own Christian witness and our own Christian convictions, okay? So the conscience and our convictions, those are the two factors that come into play. First of all, we have to say, does your conscience, does it feel violated? Is it violated when you think about attending a gay wedding? Um, and it very well may be. Um, for you, the, there is, of course, that biblical conviction of what makes a biblical marriage. Um, you think that attending a wedding like that would signal your support for that union, either specifically or generally. Um, and you have to choose not to be there. I would say that as it relates to this issue, the why of attending or not attending is just as important as the whether to attend or not, right? Whether you actually attend, but the why. So in other words, there might be times uh, where knowing that if you attended a gay wedding that it would communicate support and affirmation for the institution, which obviously as a Christian, um, we would not want to commit ourselves to. Um, there may be other times, um, again, I don't know what the specific context would be, I think it's going to be different, where you're, you being there wouldn't signal that. But in other words, that the couple, that the people that are involved in the, in the wedding are very aware of your convictions, very aware of, of who you are and your convic biblical convictions about these things, that your witness would not be compromised. But ultimately, right, ultimately, um, that's going to have to be an issue for you between yourself and the Lord and the conscience. And my opinion, okay, if I'm just offering an opinion, I would say most often we are going to find that we cannot attend such a ceremony um, by virtue of the fact of our convictions, okay, and our conscience. I wouldn't want to say that we never could or there never would be an opportunity um, again, there might be unforeseen circumstances that, that would be important for, for, for you to be there for some particular reason. But I would say normatively, right? Um, no. Now, one last thing we want to talk about today, and this is what Alberry gets into in his book when he talks about um, how we are to interface with the world with our Christian convictions, of which, for example, a gay wedding is a, is a perfect perfect example. And one of the things that he says that I think this is really good is that um, increasingly as Christians, we are being pushed towards a position of accommodation where we are to accommodate or be quiet or submit to sort of the spirit of the age. And he talks about that in contrast to what he thinks we ought to be called to, which is to be a faithful witness. To, in other words, put on the best 
in purest demonstration of heterosexual marriage that we can and to model that for people. So obviously, if people um, are seeing Christians uh, divorce at the same rate as the general population or um, suffer the same effects of broken marriages as, as the rest of the culture, that's going to undermine our witness. But Albury calls us to a faithful witness where we value marriage and we hold that up and we live that out for them. In other words, we have a, a, a relational credibility that allows us then to share the gospel and bring the gospel into that relationship. A great example of this, um, some of you are familiar with our testimony, is Rosaria Butterfield. Rosaria Butterfield was a lesbian professor in the Northeast at a, at a prestigious school. Um, she, uh, for many years, was um, in same-sex relationships, but she got to know a pastor and his wife, it was of a PCA church, um, got to know of his, of his pastor and his wife where they invited her into their home. And it was there where she did not feel like the overarching agenda was to talk her out of her sexuality, but instead was to model a family, healthy family relationship and to ultimately point her to Christ that she ended up becoming saved, um, the, embraced the gospel. She moved away from her homosexual lifestyle and ended up marrying and having children. And one of the things that it shows us, okay, too, is that it is possible to change, okay? It may not be easy. It may not be instantaneous. Um, but certainly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, change is possible. It also helps us to know a little bit about our stance, right? That, that what our ultimate concern is for people is their souls and their hearts and their relationship with God. That's of a higher priority, right, than... Um, whatever sexual sin that they have to be they have to be dealing with. Now we need to deal with a sexual sin in all of our lives, but it begins by first embracing the gospel, letting the gospel change us from the inside out and let letting the the sexuality piece be part of the transformation that is happening internally because of the gospel. And I think he has um, some really really wise words for what this might look like. What does it look like when, when a friend says they're same sex attracted? What does it look like when, um, you know, our son and daughter is, is questioning, um, their sexual identity. Again, what we are wanting to communicate to them is that we are for them, that we love them and that we are ultimately want them to have a relationship with God. And as they have that relationship through the gospel, then they come to understand more and more the claims of Christ on every area of their life. Okay, so Is God Anti-Gay by Sam Albury. Highly recommend this little book. And we are drawing these discussions on gender and sexuality now to a close. But this Sunday we'll be in um, Romans chapter 2, which talks about the judgment of God. And we'll be back here all next week, um, unpacking that in more detail. But anyway, hope you have a great weekend. Let me pray. Lord, go with us now. Lord, we want to be a faithful witness, a faithful presence with our marriages, with our families. We want to shine and reflect the light of Christ. We want to make space in our life uh, for those who are wrestling and struggling with these issues. We want to pray for them, but most importantly, point them to Jesus. Lord, and we ask these things in his name. Amen. Thanks for